0: Hello, folks. It's Jeremy. You're listening to Blammo. Welcome to the show. Big old pod this week. Oof. First off, have you seen the bear on FX? It's on Hulu. It's also on nearly every critic or friend or even yourselves mind all summer. I mean, it's it's definitely the show of the summer, probably the show of the year. Who knows? Regardless, it's an incredible show. And I'm incredibly pleased to have the creator and director of the show, Chris Storr, on the pod this week. Yes, by the way, I said Chris, not Christopher Store, because you know what? He said, hey, call me Chris. Therefore, I'm calling him Chris. So we talk about all sorts of stuff on this week's episode. We talk about the films he loves. Yes, we talk all about the clothes, talk about the movie Terms of Endearment. But we discuss what went into making the show of the summer, the insanity of episode seven. Yes, there are some spoilers. So if you have not seen the show, go watch all the episodes. Come back here. I'm not going anywhere we talk about his love of clothes, the brands that found their way onto the show and getting fits off on set. It is an epic pod. I'm glad you're here. Here we go. But yeah, like what what kicked like the whole grief stuff back off again was was the Bear cuz I watched it by myself. Mostly at the gym, which I apologize. I think I've also said, like, on the record that I watched at the gym and I'm embarrassed by that. But I didn't know. I didn't fucking the way know. It was meant I was to like, be
1: seen. 100%. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take Anyone watching it anywhere, man, I'll take I it. I
0: was like, I was watching it at the gym and I was like, oh, this is cool. This is like a show that, like, Maddie did. You know, Maddie's been on the show and stuff before, yep. and I remember him working on it and i watched it and i was like oh shit like this is like a heavy show and then i was like getting emotional and then i'm like kind of like crying while like, i'm on an elliptical oh. and i was like oh this is a show it's cool it's about food and all this stuff but like i told my mom about it and my mom grew up in youngstown ohio in a very very similar you know italian family with with loudness with gregariousness with with um substance abuse with all that stuff and i was like oh my god this is a show about grief this is a show about family this isn't about cooking you know like this is the backdrop of it and and it it like blew my mind (laughs) and and i was talking to my mom about this stuff and she was like are you still working on the show about your dad and i was like yeah she's like i think you know but like watching the bear again and i've now seen it three times um you know, wow. I, I watched it properly on a, on a real TV, wow, man, on an wild. OLED in the dark so I could get the better.
1: <laughs> man, the, the Peloton screen or the iPhone screen its really fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it didn't, definitely didn't do it justice the first time, but um, I was like very, very m- moved by, by all of it. Uh, uh, specifically, you know, I just felt that it like rekindled the desire to connect with family and family that's lost and like and rewriting and obviously there's all this cool shit right like the, the clothes are amazing you yeah. know, you know all, all that stuff but like that I think it's it's hit me harder than any other show I've watched I don't know
1: in like the past five years at least you know that, that means a lot man I think it's interesting too because you hear it just sort of sneaks up on people I think in a great way whether like whether you even like the show or not I think there's something in it truly I think there's like something in it for for everybody that's ever gone through any form of whether it was a family member suffering from addiction or a disease or losing somebody's kind of suddenly which you know both have happened in in my life and um it just means a lot and top of which you know it seems like chefs think it's okay too like we didn't get too skewered by by the chef no. community so yeah yeah But I mean, that means a lot, man, because I also think that the coolest thing was, I think some people watched it like, what the hell is this thing? And then, you know, like three episodes in or like, whoa, it's actually different than I thought, which is kind of the highest praise you you can get. Like, I thought this would suck. And I ended up watching the whole thing, which is the nicest thing to hear.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I definitely want to talk about like you and your background. Yeah. yeah. But like to kind of clear the elephant in the room. Are you... Has it sunk in yet? I mean cuz you wrapped like a year ago on this show. But has it sunk no, in? No, we that, like, dude,
1: we wrapped we wrapped like a month and a half ago. No way. Yeah, I mean we shot it. This was um we so basically we shot the pilot. I'll walk you through the whole like the, it's funny. We shot the pilot Please. Uh, we shot the pilot about a year ago today. And you know, developing it was interesting. FX was great, man. Like we when we started developing this, it, you know, I think a lot of people have tried to make A restaurant show or something about it and it's proved really tricky because obviously it's you know it's a complicated thing to get even semi correctly um but also it's you know you need a lot of characters and you need a space and you need people to learn how to do it so there's all these there's a lot of things against it and when um fx and i started talking it was Normally, the process is like you pitch it and you pitch it again, and then you keep pitching it and keep pitching it. This was sort of reverse engineered, which is like, why do these things not work out? Like, why do food, why are food shows so hard? And I thought that was a really smart question from, from FX's point of view. And I started talking to a lot of my chef friends. You know, my sister is a chef, Maddie's one of my mm-hmm. best friends, and, you know, a, bu- uh, a bunch of our other friends own restaurants. And I was sort of like, how do you guys, you know, what do you think is sort of missing? when they try to do these things. And it was sort of uniformly, the answer was no one focuses on on how hard it is and the anxiety in it, in sort of the, the pain and the loss of time in it. And it's ultimately very rewarding. And there's beautiful things about it too. But you know, it is a really difficult, tricky job and sort of coming at it from that angle. Um, I started to also sort of learn a lot of cooks and dishwashers and hosts and people that work in restaurants that I knew also had some form of, you know, whether some, some, some piece of, of grief or or substance or addiction in their families like I did. And there was some sort of draw to the found family of a restaurant, you know, like there is the family meal and there are these things sort of built into the, to, to the kitchens that are pretty lovely, you know, and also it can be a toxic culture and it can be a difficult culture, but there's these things about it that are also really special and, in and kind. And so we started to look at it from that angle and we sort of figured out the script and we put our team together and we shot the pilot and fx was like wow this is loud and different and kind of aggressive intentionally and i was sort of like i think it kind of has to be because the minute you sort of stop to explain everything in a restaurant i think you're dead like i think you're instantly kind of fucked because you have to just pause it and explain too many things and you're like let's just throw them in audiences are smart i think they'll understand you know the vibe and um so disney and fx sort of did their thing and ultimately picked up the show and we started shooting again the season in proper at the end of february and we wrapped uh may 1st and cut it and it was on tv june 23rd and to answer your question, man, I, I, I'm just like grateful that it's out to be honest and that people are, are watching it. And I kind of have been trying to avoid <laughs> any in all conversation about it as much as I can.
0: I mean, you mean avoid conversation, people praising you for it. No, just because just, like-
1: like, just you never know, man, like we've, Things we've worked on that we thought people were really going to love kind of went nowhere. You know, like you just, you have, you never know how someone's going to respond to it. And also, you know, it's FX on Hulu. And I know that that was different and perhaps maybe confusing for people. And, but then we learned that all the episodes at once seemed to be really smart and people were able to just kind of burn through it. Um, but at the same time, it was, it's funny. It's, it's crazy seeing the memes about Jeremy and shit. It's, it's bonkers. I'm like, what is, what is
0: happening? Well, I, I think that's, that's been the biggest thing is like the show is, done so well and blown up so much that it, there's almost
1: almost a backlash where oh, someone yeah.
0: you know i've read stuff on twitter where people oh, yeah. are like if someone else tells me that the bear is the greatest show they've ever seen again i'm gonna lose it and i'm oh, like I
1: get it too i'd be one of those people i'd be like fuck this show i don't want to see this shit i get it man. <laughs> i get it. like seeing no jeremy like no dude i mean i get it it's like i i i honestly mean it jeremy like the the best praise i've gotten dude is when people are like I thought I was going to hate this shit. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, you stuck it in and you watched all eight. And, and again, like, look, we took a lot of liberties in the show too. Like we tried to get it, you know, as I think as close as we could authentic, you know, ath- authenticity wise in the kitchen. And, you know, we knew that there's like a paste They wouldn't have a pastry chef and all that stuff. But I was like, let's put all these people I love in a show. Cause a lot of the cast were my friends. Um, and it's really funny to see like IO and Jeremy and Evan and Lionel sort of all over the place. Cause I, again, it really felt like we were making an independent film to it. it. It felt like just, it. we made this the same way we made eighth grade or Rami sort of just like under the radar. So when I see because yeah, you've done other
0: stuff, this isn't your first, project no, no, by yeah. any means. No, no. I mean, I, but it's not
1: been, I don't think
0: correct me if I'm wrong is, is this, this is definitely the most personal thing you've ever done. Correct.
1: It is. I mean, there's, we try to find personal stuff in everything we're doing, like even on, Fair. you know, on our, our other show Rami, it's like, you know, It's really about Rami's religion and how he grew up. And, you know, he's one of my best friends and learning about that through him, like brought us closer in a way too. and learning about it. Like I could relate to a lot of that stuff and was able to put some of my personality into it. But certainly this one is the one that I'm like, oh, this is every character in this show is someone in my life to a degree where it, and it's also one of those things where like a lot of the most ridiculous thing or seemingly ridiculous things in the show are the truest things and it's it's always funny to kind of try to couch that in a 25 minute quote I put comedy in quotes because I know it's not necessarily a comedy but like try to put all this personal stuff in this like moving, freight train
0: yeah i feel like it's it's definitely you know listed as a comedy but like it is much more you know heart-wrenching than anything i've i've ever seen you know i mean and that's wow. the thing is like it, the fact it's almost like uh Mike mel brooks has talked about like how comedy is like what keeps people alive like it, you know huh. it's what kept you know he refers to uh holocaust survivors of just like be, being able to laugh yeah and 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 during tragedy and being able to laugh during hard times is what brings people together and like that's definitely what the show kind of is around like there's all these funny things and like even Moss backrack. you know all the you know what's up you fucking replicants is the greatest like one
1: (laughs) he had a whole runner man there was and it will we'll get to it somewhere in, in another season but like there's this like there was this buried thing that didn't really make it that like richie was obsessed with like Ridley Scott and particularly Blade Runner <laughs> that that was really really beautiful and and even even him saying replicant and just being like no he legitimately loves Philip K Dick was such a nice little uh, improv from from Evan it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: so I mean but there's there's all these things in there but then you know speaking to this stuff that of like the anger and the emotion and like I worked I mean, obviously, I never worked in a kitchen as a chef, but like when I was 14, my first job was a dishwasher. And I remember it was the first wow. time I saw cocaine. It was the first yeah. time like people yelled at me. I had a hot skillet thrown at me into the into the like the 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 wash where it was like splashing on my face. You know, it was mm-hmm. like it was by far the the most intense and crazy thing I ever experienced. But it was also, you know, I remember like my dad picked me up one day, uh, you know, I was like 14. So he like picked me up and I just finished work and I I was covered in like
1: food. and Grease and fat. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Disgusting.
0: And my dad was like, wow, uh, you you smell like hard work. (laughs) I was Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, dad, this is exhausting. But I, I mean, I think that the thing that's happened from this is, Every single person that I've talked to, people that don't like food, people that do like food, it's like the bear is be is becoming like I don't know. I I almost equated to like lost and like the odds, or it's just like the one thing that everyone <laughs> like kept talking about, and like you came to talk about it because you hated it, you came to talk about it because you loved it, yeah, yeah. you know. But I mean, and I think that's the thing. Like so, like you know, to jump back to the original thing, like has yeah. it sunk in that you've. Had this level of success because obviously you know you weren't greenlit at, at least initially for the second season right when it launched right no, it took no I mean it didn't take that long but it did take.
1: You know, no, man. it didn't take that long, and I mean, it's so funny because I should also say, man, I'm like a person that's always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Generally, you know, so <laughs> I think I, I truly like I always think the minute something good happens, something like fucked is going to happen, sort of right after. Where does that come from? I think it's because I grew up with our household okay. was chaotic, and I and, and you know there were good times, but there were also super weird times in our household, and I think. I think one of the things I'm always attracted to in any art, whether it's like music or, you know, like literal, like, like any form of, of artistic expression. It's like when, when something can go from, um, kind and generous to dark and and moody to scary to chaotic, all in a very, uh, uh, like, like in a millisecond sometimes. And I think, I think, um, the way we grew up definitely like informed the show, which is, you have these moments of fondness and close, closeness where everyone loves each other, and then ten minutes later, your enemies, and then everyone's screaming, and then it feels scary, and then it feels kind. and I think, uh, even from an audience's point of view, that can be a lot of fun to watch that if it's handled responsibly mm-hmm. and, and somewhat correctly. And I think with the show, it's it's always it's it's always surprising to me what people connect to because I do think there's small business people that respond to the pressures of that, which is definitely something we wanted to 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 capture. Just because I also think you know the past. Four years have been not great to put it lightly. And I think we're also in this like never ending hellscape to some degree. So we also wanted to make something that felt loud and human. And even if the world of the show gets toxic or intense or gnarly, there still is people being nice to each other at the heart of it at some point, Mm -hmm. which I think goes a long way. Um, So it's interesting, the response, because I'm kind of like, I just can't. I'm so lucky we got to make this thing truly, because I know. Like truly, making anything sucks, man. It's so hard. Like I, like in, it's so funny when you see people like talking shit about any movie or a show or something. I'm like, man, it's so hard. Like a movie or a t- like anything that just makes it to the gen- a record, and it's like a miracle, you know. Like it really <laughs> is like a miracle. And when you see like a movie that you're like, that's a masterpiece. You're like, how the fuck did that happen? Like everything going right on something of that scope is is so intense to me and um is so, there
0: something that you think of when when you refer to that like something that you you know that that didn't that could have gone wrong that went right or that you aspired towards
1: you, yeah i mean it's always like like i i talk a lot about like three kings and flirting with disaster like early david o russell movies that you're like holy fuck, yeah well, well you're just like dude that's like a millimeter from being But it it like works, (laughs) you know, like like when you look at like even like there will be blood like all like 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 uh, I'm trying to think of all my stuff that I think like a movie we thought about a lot um, uh, in the making of this that I, I really just thought about like tonally and was weirdly like Terms of Endearment is one of my favorite movies of all time. And, and I know that sounds like crazy, but the like when you look at Terms of Endearment and a lot of stuff that Jim, Jim James L. Brooks did, man, they, it goes from funny to screaming at each other and then back to calm. And, and he was really wonderful at putting a lot of people in the same spaces. And I think I miss that in film and TV a lot because I think um, things feel very meditative. And that's really cool. I love a lot of those shows, truly, where you're like, man, this is like a slow burn and I love it. Um, but mm-hmm. I was like, man, it'd be cool to make something that was kind of like maybe annoying, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe obnoxious <laughs> and in 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 really loud, but also maybe spoke to you know how how uh, how geared up families can get and how loud it can get and how rowdy it can get. And I think um, I just think like you see these movies that are truly an inch away from utter failure, and I have all the respect <laughs> in the world for them. Has
0: has the experience been? healing in any way it
1: has in the sense of i feel very lucky to have a way to channel some of the grief like i've had friends that died very suddenly that i didn't understand i had you know a friend od not too long ago that was just you know like unfortunately we kind of saw it coming a little bit and, mm-hmm. um, it made me realize that it was okay to not understand some of that stuff. Cause you know, I think in my experience, when I've lost people, it was always, how did this happen? Like, could I have done something? And in a lot of times, I, I think it was very hard to accept. There's nothing I could do. There's nothing there. I, if I was there, I'm not sure I would have changed it. I think it would have just been a day later, like the, the type of pain or the type of, of, um, disease that they were in at that, at that moment would have, I think was pretty un. Surmountable, you know, and I think um, for me, being able to write about it and put it in sort of a world where everything felt really chaotic, it it lent itself kind of dramatically to these moments of of uh, calm, you know, and I think finding a moment of calm, like the show ends in a moment where everyone's just eating and it's chill for a moment. And you know that probably in the next season, I'll get chaotic again. But like that, <laughs> yeah. but that moment of, of truly chill means everything. Like I, 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 you know, I'm a deeply anxious person, obviously. And I find, I find when I have uh, a couple minutes where I'm, I'm mellowed out, I'm like, Oh, I really appreciate this. <laughs> you know, like it feels really, really special. And I, I can appreciate that. I'm not uh, freaking out, but I think it ter- mellows you out, honestly, man, like I think the, the I've just learned to handle it handle anxiety better which is to say like okay working is great like working is really great for me i think like working on the show with people i love and making sure that the vibe is always pleasant like our our, i should say like our crew and cast were incredible on this thing and we really had spoken like a true showrunner no 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 but like (laughs) but but no but i mean like i believe you no like in the sense (laughs) of like to, to to really put it to really state it clearly like our hours were amazing we worked every day from i think it was 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Like, oh, that's which is that's very un, that's yeah. And a lot normal. of times, well, a lot of times <laughs> the actors were done by you know, like 3 30, and then for that extra hour and a half, we would shoot the it's a multi-cam the
0: TV show. All of a no, sudden. <laughs> well, what
1: we would the thing we realized, Jeremy, to be honest, is like we a lot of what you see in the show. Uh, our one it's like one take from two setups like we found that wow we found that just because people were cooking and the urgency of it that that uh, the performance is always lined up really really beautifully in the sense of like man just this one setup worked and and by the way that's not saying we did one take of everything like we we definitely covered it but in the edit we were like oh i think that's why it was I think that's maybe why some of the cooking feels authentic and maybe some of the temper tantrums feel authentic is because we were like really dialed in terms of, man, let's just let them take that dish from start to finish and mm. let's see how the scene plays out. And I think the thing I noticed was the actors seemed to have a good time doing that because you could get, and, it, and it, it was very tiring. But I think like instead of having them get into like a zone, so to speak, and then cut and rip them out of it, like we just kept going. And I think you really felt some of that exhaustion. Um, on screen. And it also lent itself to a really nice sort of production flow because we'd cut and then Maddie and Courtney, my sister, our, our, our producers, would come in, sort of redo the food, retouch it up, or reset it. And then our art department, who is like fucking incredible. Like, by the way, we learned like day one, why restaurant shows suck in our heart. Cause you're just like, oh yeah, we're going to go through, like, this is going to be a mess and we have to figure out how to not torch through a ton of food and be responsible about it and kind of do the resets in, in whatever efficient way we could find. But you know, by the end of that first week, we really found like a really nice rhythm with everybody and. We sort of learned like, oh yeah, this longer takes are kind of the key to this show. And as we were doing it, it sort of led itself also to like episode seven. Like, what if we just didn't cut and kind of played it out in one take and, and it, it felt right to us. And it also felt like it wasn't um, me or Joanna, my, my partner on the show showing off, you know, cause I think that's the other thing. Like this, this show could very easily be like a showcase for, for me as a, and I, I wanted to make sure that it was really about them and still had style to it and still felt like it did in the kitchen, but sort of always was kind of driven by, by the, uh, the cast.
0: Why, why is that? I mean, that that's not
1: a natural thing because i um, no, i think it's i think in this instance though you'd just be taken out of it so quick you know i think i think we just wanted it to be really really immersive and i think because by the way there were times that i was like oh man this sh- i could set up something really beautiful and go but I, and, and like the minute we did we saw it in the editing room we were like oh I, that's kind of it's a little it's a little hard and a little too much for this scene so but it was great because we we were on like a 50 and 70 millimeter lens the whole time, which is like pretty close to the actors. Yeah. And we yeah. would, when we would cut and do the inserts of the food, like most of the time it's really the actors cooking it. Like I should say that Jeremy and Io got the crap kicked out of them in culinary classes and restaurants and they, uh, Richie, uh, Evan hung out at Richard's bar in Chicago and watched Elvis movies, uh, and hung out <laughs> and that was his research. But the, uh, <laughs> Io and Jeremy really got quite good at cooking, which was really, really cool to see. And I think it lent itself to like a really cool sense of ownership. Like they really owned their characters as well as their stations in the restaurant. Wow. Yeah, it was cool, man. I mean, I couldn't have done it without truly like, it was like, this, is this sounds like bullshit, but it's real. Like this is the type of show that like relies on all of us truly being partners because it is it could it could be so it could be such a shit show so fast like an actual restaurant that it actually felt like Mm -hmm. we were opening a restaurant half the time and it was like all right we all have to really be on the same page and you know because I think Jeremy would also Jeremy and Io and the whole cast really would be great about being like changing the blocking a little bit after we said it. We'd be like, you know what, I actually think this would happen. And I was like, that's a great idea. Like there's a couple scenes that are much better in the show because Jeremy was like, I actually think Carmi would do this here. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, let's try it. And then we did, it. and I was like, fuck, was like, that was like so that was so right on. Or I so let's try it. Yeah, like I where did that come from? I would just be like, let's try. I mean, I found that you know, a lot of the directors that I've sort of worked with and from were always like let's just try it out. Like we can fight about it. And wow, lucky you. I should also say like, I've learned, I've worked with directors that I was like at a very young age as like a PA on a commercial or something where I'm like, oh, that's definitely not what you should do. <laughs> like I've seen, <laughs> I've seen some really bad behavior that I was like, okay, that's definitely what you shouldn't do. But it really is selfish because sure. I have just found like it's just saves time. And I'm like, oh, that's actually like not insane. Let's just try it. Who cares? We got the time, you know? And it was just funny that nine times out of 10, I'd be like, oh man, Jeremy Allen White just saved the day or just made me look like a genius because he said maybe we should put the camera here if i'm doing this and i was like god damn it that's so smart or i <laughs> would be like i actually think you know i'll Io, Io really you know Io worked in new york as a host and restaurant like she's sort of had a background in 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 the culinary world and she uh truly was awesome about being like i think i would do this in this direction even though it mm-hmm. means we have to change some lights and stuff it definitely was worth it and it was really smart but also we had you know liza who's one of the best actresses on the planet earth and edwin and all these people that had theater experience so a lot of times on set it felt like we were making a play and it was really cool yeah i mean that's the the
0: other thing is the the music supervision oh yeah i I, how how involved were you in
1: that we did the whole thing it was me and we josh senior and i my partner on the show we um we the music supervisors. And I don't say that as like bragging rights or like it was literally like we were moving so fast that I mm. that we were editing while we were making the show. And, you know, Joanna would be editing her episodes in while I was directing. And then I'd be cutting mine while she was directing. And on Saturdays, Josh and I would just get together and start laying in temp music. And it sort of became a character in the show, weirdly. And it was really nice for us to do it because we've worked with a lot of amazing music supervisors, by the way, and they've been great. But for us, it was like really informative into the pro- into the work because we were like, oh man, if we put this like, if we put this, you know, uh, if we put like a Serengeti song here and then we sort of throw in this Pearl Jam song here and I go back on Monday and shoot a shot of the garbage can or whatever it is because we were so in the process of making the show, it really informed what we were doing in a really cool way. But at the same time, we were like, this is a cool opportunity to not try to be cool. Does that make any sense? Like there is some nerdy shit in this. And I, it was like so thrilling and fun to me. And I think you hear a lot of soundtracks on some uh, television shows that feel like really, really hip or really of the moment. And we were like, let's do the opposite of that. Well, and most of it was Chicago stuff. I mean, Local H and Wilco oh yeah, and, But I mean, also it's so funny because I think some people were like, oh man, that's, you know, they were a little bit like, is that pandering to Chicago? And I'm like, Wilco's just my favorite band in the world, and it would have been that whatever city it was in. Has Tweedy hit you up? Oh, I know, I I've known them forever. And Susie Tweedy's like, a, uh, Susie Susie Tweedy's. A, I don't know if you know, Sue is a legend, man. Like she's and Jeff too, and Spencer and Sammy have been friends of the family, but they also, um, they're just like special, special people. I was gonna say episode seven because it's like that one long Wilco song, right? I mean, yeah, and it's I think you use. Do you use the whole song? We use the whole live version and it was fun putting together seven because, you know, episode six ends with like a John Mayer song, which we left in, we, we put in as temp and then we were like, this is perfect, actually. Um, <laughs> but the end of uh, the end of episode six sort of shows the, the what the team could be like. They're working really well. And Richie is sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. Richie has sort of found out that he's like 10 years too late on everything, which is also sort of this thematic theme in the show of just running out of time. And I think when we were talking to a lot of our chef friends, I, I, it was pretty shocking how many of them said like you lose all track of time in the kitchen but you're also obsessed with the actual clock of the kitchen so like the time in the restaurant and when things are done and ready is important to you but you you like lose track of the outside world which is such an interesting thing to us so when we were moving in episode seven we were like what is now that we're kind of caught up in showing what the team looks like on episode six like we should start with the credit sequence in episode seven and put like this poppy we were like we need something on the nose as fuck <laughs> and just like poppy but a song that we still really love. And it's like, let's put Chicago in there because we know in like five minutes, this is going to go fucking just completely sideways. And yeah. when we put the, uh, kit, the spiders, kid smoke in there, there's something about, and we did this a few times in the show, man, like live, live trap, like live cuts of things feel, I, they really do feel different. And like, there's something about hearing the crowd that for lack of a better word, feels really alive and different. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause even in episode two, you know, we use this acoustic version of Have You Seen Me Lately by Counting Crows and then end the episode sort of with the the album version. And it was really interesting using those as like a version of Richie and a version of Carmi. And there's something about going from a live or like a studio track to the live version that was really compelling. And I think on the first cut of it, it might have been the from the from A Ghost Is Born. It might have been the actual album cut. And it wasn't as effective as the live one. Cause the, you know, Nels Klein's guitar on the live one is really something. Oh I mean, it is really yeah. something. It is really something. <laughs> and I think it was the first inkling too when we watched like a rough cut. Because I like obviously it was it was a really funny episode to edit because it was, you know, pretty much just straight from camera on to, and it's one shot yeah yeah right? it's one shot and i think we did it we did it we the thing that was wild was we all like joanna's script was awesome and i was i remember reading it for that episode and just being like oh man if you cut it like cuts the tension you know and i'm like "Fuck, could you do this as a but i was like could you do this as a oneer and not have it feel like i'm like a jerk and trying to just show you know shove a wonder into the show and as we started talking to like jeremy and io about it we were like let's do it dude like this could be sick and we sort of sat in a circle with the whole cast and just read the script and made sure that it kind of made sense to everybody and uh maddie and joanna and i sat in an office and just made sure that like the the food side of it was Relatively accurate. And Maddie was like, I can't tell you how many times the caviar machine has fucked up at a restaurant and just creates hell, or the ticket machine stops printing for an hour and then all of a sudden kicks back in. Um, so we knew we had some like really inherent, like sort of juicy drama there. And uh, when it came time to do it, we were rehearsing with the actors and we were like, man, these guys are good, dude. And we were timing it and we we're like, that's the appropriate length of the episode. Um, so then that was a Tuesday that we just rehearsed it all day. The Monday was when we sat in a circle and just read it. And then Wednesday, we we're like, all right, we're going to, we got all day to shoot it and the first one was like a home run dude and it like could have been the first take could have been the show and but the thing that kept happening that was great is that like as we went on and we did it we did it five times in the take and the the fourth take is the one on the show um but it kept getting like weirder and funny, like more intense, like, like, like the, like Evan and IO worked so beautifully together and just kept like, just ratcheting that moment. And I think it was like take four that like the donut fell perfectly and the stab was perfect. You know what I mean? So it was like all this shit, but it was like, it was so funny, man. Cause I wish we could have been just to show the actors. I wish we could have filmed like the crew watching it. Cause again, like so much of the crew we've worked with for, you know, 15 years and they're like all our best friends. We love them. So much. everyone like this really, I think the reason I keep saying that is like, it's all it's, I know that it's not always this way. And like this, it was so Jeremy, it was so fun, dude. Like the whole thing was like, it was a blast. And it was like, what are we doing? Why is Disney letting us do this? And (laughs) The day of uh, the day of episode seven, like people were like standing on the side, like literally like fist pumping as it was like, now it was minute 16, minute 17, like don't fuck this up. Like, and, and, and uh, it, it was so cool. It was, it was truly like one of my favorite, uh, Memories of anything I've done. It was kind of like, you know, the, the thing that was similar was, you know, Bo and I shot one of his specials, Make Happy. And there was yeah. this like gigantic, elaborate thing with the lights that was such a pain in the ass that, that we had just worked on for a year. And like nailing that was sort of, which, which in the show seems, in the, in Bo's thing seems relatively simple, but it's like these little things that just are these giant victories for like a crew, particularly. And it was beautiful, man. Yeah.
0: The, the integration of the ticket machine. Oh, it's hell. As, as, hell. as like a character.
1: Yeah, it's hell. A lot of our friends uh, told us. I mean, I, I a lot of a lot of uh, line cooks and chefs. Man, they're, they're, that ticket thing is that noise is hyper specific, and it's well. And I'm sure you saw like that happen with Carbone. That story is insane. So, yeah. but but Jeremy, what they they it was the caviar thing, right? Like all of a sudden they turned yes. it on, and that people had been ordering all night, and then cops were in the street. Yeah, I mean, because this was early. I mean, were you in New York during like early lockdown? I I was I was, but I wasn't there when that happened. And I remember reading that story just being like, yeah, dude, this shit is crazy. Yeah, because it was like everyone was like, "Oh man,
0: how long are we going to be closed?" And then you just saw more and more restaurants that would never ever do, you know, yeah. delivery or or to go gradually move up to there. So it was just it's just user error like anything else. Yeah. So you saw bigger places that would get on board and I remember it was like, you know, Carbone is going to be on. Yeah, cuz I think it was Caviar. Yeah. yeah. Like they were like they're going to be on, you know, this and and you're going to be able to order the fucking what I don't know yeah yeah the, the rigatoni I think it was like the you know, rigatoni
1: yeah totally because it was like it was like a limited menu too but it was interesting because man mm-hmm. a lot of our friends that run restaurants are like to-go's suck dude like people are like why yeah. don't they offer to go you're like it's a totally different thing it's not I mean it's really hard it's a it's it's, it's not like it's not an easy business to do well and
0: it's and for some restaurants too it's like if you get to go you realize that you're paying for 99% ambiance and service 100% you
1: know? <laughs> 100% and I think I even for like Carbone they're like man if we start doing this to-go like it's obviously going to look shitty you know what i mean like it doesn't look mm-hmm. it's not presented the same way it's just what you're saying and it's uh it's hard man it's hard
0: yeah so one big thing from episode one and this is kind of where you know like you and i were, were talking initially the clothes oh yeah man and so where, where did this come from because it sounds like you've always been into clothes
1: oh yeah I, well it was interesting so when i was uh you know when i moved out here uh when i moved to la from chicago i was I was 20 and I had previously worked at the board of trade in Chicago for like a year to try to save up a month, save up, which by the way, so much of that shit is in the bear like so much of that shit made it found its way into subtle parts of the show. But I think like when I moved out here, uh, to want to be some form of a writer or director, didn't know anybody. And you sort of realize like, that's like a pipe that's doesn't, you don't become a writer or director. It's insane. Like any anytime someone asks for advice, you're like, I, I don't know, dude, I'm so lucky to do this, to do what I do. And there's no footprint to it. I mean, it, it's so truly utterly chaotic, but I was working at Fred Siegel in the office of Fred Siegel and hell yeah, it's a, such a trip. And I had, you know, they had, a. A vintage collector who sort of sold them all their vintage stuff. Who was this great dude that we? I ended up moving over to his office and in working there, and uh, really got to learn a lot about vintage clothing, but hyper specifically Levi's, and then hyper specifically like Double RL, and that led into the Ralph Lauren world. And it's just fascinating. It's just a fascinating, rich. Like I've always wanted to do a show set somewhere in there because talk about. Talk about something that's like really tricky to explain and difficult to explain, but also something so creative and, and beautiful and, and interesting. And you sort of learn about all these details in the Levi's and how double RL would like recreate them so lovingly. And especially like, you know, the old bags that, you know, like Dunk Bilmeyer would buy and they would recreate it. Double like R- it was such a cool world. And I, on top of like, I really like the stuff. I think it's like a little costumey for me, but they they made my favorite pair of jeans ever that have been discontinued for some reason, which I don't understand why. Which one? The Double RL Slim Fit Rigids, they don't make anymore. You got to buy them on oh. eBay. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like yeah, the yeah. straight – it's like the yeah. most – they make them in a washed and a rinsed now, but they're not – they, like, don't fit but the those same. Are, I think those are the same as, what, the Sugarcane 66? Yes. But the sugar yeah, the su- Sugarcane 66 – I think they're – is the Sugarcane a little bit higher of a waist, too? It is.
0: Yeah, I think that the the 66 – I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's a little bit because it's it, the Sugarcane
1: 66 is yeah. supposed to be identical repro. Yeah.
0: Almost all sugarcane is identical Levi repro. Is
1: the is the LVC 67505 that I really love a lot is that fit changed recently it's like oh it, shit i don't know it's like I, it it's like got a wider did. leg or something i can't figure out what it is because that was my that was a really good swap in for the double rl things and then that changed and i was kind of like guys stop changing your stop changing your denim right but it was funny because we were <laughs> but we were also like it was it was funny because like for Carmi we you know a lot of a lot of chefs and cooks that i knew um we're surprisingly cool shit. Like I I was, I was like Maddie, dude, Maddie wears the (laughs) sneaky, wears the coolest shit. Like you see him in a vintage t-shirt, but then also you're like, I I see you with that fucking Drake's tie, dude. I see you sneaky wearing, you know, uh." (laughs) Maddie would wear like Ame and some, when we sneak some of that stuff in the show, IO wears a couple of double RL and capital bandanas. And well, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, people went
0: nuts on, on TikTok and on all these other places trying to break down the fits of like, even on like the Blammo like Slack, saw. people are like, "Where is this coat from?" And people, are, oh, I'm in the Blama. Oh, you're, in, oh, you're in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. But um, they, yeah, people were. Like going nuts over all of the like which T shirt to wear and like you're you're definitely right because I think there is a lot of cook folks will wear like yeah Ironheart or will wear yeah. like super super high end denim you know because you it, it also just gets totally thrashed 100%, while they hundred percent but also like working
1: it was cool because we knew you know um just for continuity sakes even a little bit because we didn't like we wanted to keep it a little the time a little vague in the kitchen because we really wanted to sort of sell that theme again of time being lost and even like grief like even this even that subtle Mm -hmm. thing of like the time he lost with his brother and um so everyone kind of dressed the same throughout the show but Mm -hmm. in the limited sort of world of like aprons shirts pants like you're it's we want to get some expression in there and christina and courtney our customers were amazing like io is sneaky wearing like tom brown shirts a lot i love tom, I, I i worship tom brown and i was like you know what if she's gonna wear a white collared shirt and we can afford it put a nice let's get her let's let's get her a nice you know that nice crisp collar there you go um yeah. which by the way it was funny because she tried a bunch of shirt on and i wanted her to be like it's all character like we wanted io to like you know she her trajectory for the further seasons is going to be really cool. And we want her to really become this powerhouse. And it's like, when you look at chefs like, like Gabriel Hamilton or, or some of these people that I really admired, like they all look really cool and like put together. There's like, and I don't mean like fancy or anything like that, but necessarily just like they look poised and ready to rock. And we were like, it's cool to have IO with like a really crisp, collar and that Tom Brown shirt was really beautiful. And I know they talked a lot about the shirts. Jeremy uh, was wearing it. I know Lawrence and Lawrence and Dr. Taco are going to kill me. Cause I thought it, I said the wrong, I, I smart typed it smart type on my phone. It was a Mers shirt, not the men's Brando shirt. Uh, but it ended up being the Mers shirt, which looks perfect on Jeremy. Loop oh dude. Yeah. It, it looks terrible on me. And I wanted one so bad. Cause it's like a robust, like it is like a thick Oh, dude, you got yeah, it. You got to be Jeremy Allen White. i tried to he wear was, that. He was genetically engineered to wear <laughs> to wear that shirt. Um, but, you know, we were also like it, it is such a cool way into character, just these like little details. And we didn't think anybody would notice that much. And then sure enough, they they definitely noticed. because I I sort of wear the same kind of things every day. So it was fun to have a little bit of. Uh, to get a little yeah were you in a suit and tie almost well at least like a sport coat and tie i i wear you know it sounds so obnoxious but i wear a shirt and tie a lot hey man you and Paul just feig. Pers- it feels like i'm ugh, but that that makes me want to die i think it's <laughs> like like no disrespect no disrespect to paul like paul feig like wears like a yeah three he, piece he, it's in, a little and, intense it i agree. really good yeah. it's like no but like he really gets dialed i think for me it's like like dude you walk into the drake store and you see like how brandon Mahler is dressed and like there is something cool about like for me it just feels like going to work I feel like for whatever reason, putting like a shirt and tie on makes me focus. Where did that come from? Did did that exist in Chicago? Board of Trade, man. I think every day at the Board of Trade, I had to wear the shirt and tie. You have to wear a tie to get in. I think you have to wear a collared shirt. This was like in 2000. So I think the rules. I mean, it's kind of an insane, weird Rule, but because it's such a frat house, but they had to like. I think you had to. I think. I think women and men. I think everyone had to wear a, some form of a coward shirt because mm. you know, like you wear a trade coat that's essentially like a sport coat, um which is like so archaic, just stupid and ridiculous. But <laughs> there is something about wearing a shirt and tie to work that makes you feel like, all right, let's get, let's go, let's get dialed and let's be professional and be an adult. And for some reason, that talk about curing anxiety that seemed to help me. I don't know why, but I was like, I really feel like I'm going to work um oh, fascinating. and i truly i know it sounds it sounds like kind of silly but there was something about it that made me feel i think more professional too and also reminded me every day that i'm very lucky to do this and i should like take this very seriously And That's, there was, I, my mom would do the
0: same for me when I, so like whenever i would like wake up and not want to go to school and say i was sick she would be like, "Go yeah. put something nice on. And like to this day, if I feel like yeah. shit, I'll like go and I'll put on like a, a sport coat and a tie. There it is. Am I, I'm, I'm like, 100%. Am I, that's, by the okay? way, that's
1: it. <laughs> no, that's it, man. That's it. Because I think like truly, like I think, you know, I... I always, you know, I think in the morning it's, you know, the alarm goes off at like four 15 for your like four 45 van ride. And you're like, Ooh. yeah. And you're like, let's just get, let's get ready. And you, there's something about putting a shirt and tie time and that you're like, all right, I'm gonna take this. I'm very lucky to do this. I have to take this very seriously and be very focused. And it did that. And, uh, you sort of find the shirts that fit you and the t- you know, it, it was, it was cool. And well, what's the uniform now? The uniform now is essentially the, uh, I gotta, have a, um, the the drake's basic dress shirt is my favorite thing Mm -hmm. there is they just fit me for whatever reason so it's like some form of that it used to be uh the um used to be those slim fits that i can't find anymore so i've i've moved over to a pair of just sid mashburn uh uh sid mashburn what are they called the high twist there's some like fabric that's amazing that doesn't wrinkle it's like a great pant to wear to work. Really? Oh, oh, and it's it's like a trouser. It's
0: not it's not the
1: gym. Yeah, no, it's like a tro It's like the same thing that they make out of like you know like travel sport coat that's like made to not get like destroyed. It's like that, and it's awesome to wear to work and like not terribly yeah, it's like a expensive hot sack and, sort of thing. Totally. There's a really good fabric
0: that we used to do when I was at the Armory from Holland and Sherry called Chris bear which was like a really high. Oh um, yes, of course. Yeah, th- and that that was like a thing in. It was it was always sold. We would sell them as pants whenever we would do stuff with Ambrosie. Like if you did bespoke, it's like you got to get a great Chris Bear pant. You got to do that. And Alan, um, uh, who who was one of the founders, he would always wear a Chris Bear suit, especially for like Hong Kong, because it was like yeah. you know it was dry. It would you know it was it was like a fresco. I mean, to get really nerdy on fabric stuff here. No, I um, I just
1: got a fresco from Jay Muser That is. Oh man, you you got you got the murderers bro of all of all the oh good dude game. I got. Dude, I got uh, Castle, Castleberry's got something coming for me that like I, well, that whole street would, there was something kind of inspiring about that whole street. Oh, here. Christopher? Like, yeah, it was just kind of cool. That What's all those, your name? Like, and did, so that, you know. They... No, no, well that, but, but also like, it was just, it was just so cool that all those like, you know, 18th amendment is, a, is really amazing. And mm-hmm. there's, there's Angels, all these little yeah. like, in like sort of indie shops that are making cool uh menswear, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you got, you got the Drake shirts, you got the Sid pants what else is, i what also else is- love
1: i also love the uh the the um there's a uh those hundred hands armory shirts yeah made in india like, yeah they're
0: not cheap no but well i mean
1: they're the whole premise is that but it's a they are hands. dude it's it's nice and then also i mean it's like and then not at work i wear pains t-shirts and a unique low sweater and, <laughs> and like uh a pair of the double round slip fits that i've had for an eternity but um I've also been trying to find a, uh, a, like a sport coat that fits me off the rack, which has been impossible. Yeah. Good luck. I, I, I think it doesn't work, dude. Unless you're Cary Grant, like that, that
0: whole BS of like, just like, oh, just grab it, it never and it worked. fits off the peg. No, it doesn't. Like I, I have super square shoulders. My chest is somewhat broad now. And yeah, so everything I have to do is either bespoke or made to measure. So yeah, like yeah. P Johnson's really good for stuff like that. P Johnson are really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially like they're 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 they have like kind of like a chore coat style thing. Um, oh man, the the Drakes chore coats are incredible, man. Yeah, they're they're great. Um, they, some of them though, like and this are is no boxy. Shots them. Well, it's not that they're boxy, but it's like I I want a chore coat that's like really really lightweight, and so like yes. I I did, it's like it's pretty
1: heavy duty. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I did some custom ones with with the P Johnson dudes in like a very oh, cool. very light like almost like Oxford fabric. So it it's
1: oh that's cool
0: yeah so like you know tie like an there.
1: overshirt almost kind of right yeah
0: yeah yeah so I did that so you could wear it more in the summer and kind of like beat it up and then to, then had one made that they that they had in like a, a charcoal flannel that it, it's it's kind of tough because if you wear it you you know I did look like a, a North Korean dictator uh, like with, with the holes <laughs> that's funny but um it's yeah there's there's some good stuff like yeah like David uh, and. and you know, David Coggins, he's done some really cool, a lot of the, uh, what's it called? Um, kind of like the, the overshirt suit yeah. mentality well, thing.
1: Well, I mean, Drake's had those amazing overshirts that they don't make anymore. That were They were so good, or they like changed the style. It was essentially like a chore coat made of like pop, like a little bit thicker cottony Poplin that was like the best it's kind of what you're talking about and they 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 change. i think it's like two it's like two pockets instead of the uh chore coat style that was like similar to the one because we like
0: we did a thing with muser on like a like a, a twill sort of like chore coat thing that we did but it was just like i think for for some folks it was too heavy and for other folks it was like too light um it's it's funny it's like something as simple as that is like very yeah. Really tough to to get right
1: no i mean but then it's so funny because uh muser's blowing up dude it was it i was working with colin and i w- i like walked in the basement at 30 rock and they had there's like a jay muser at- oh well he got i mean this is this is public like he he got like a crazy good deal on it i
0: think like general so lions was like doing some sort of setup of like trying to bring You know, the downtown uptown. Um, Yeah, yeah. And so I think he got like a a crazy good deal on that. I I don't know if he's going to stay there long term. Um, But yeah, like all the places are blowing up. Like, you know, he's dressing Billy Joel for the whole tour. <laughs> really? What's what's Billy, what
1: is Billy Joel, what's he wearing? Like is, is Billy still wearing idea. suits and stuff? Oh, I guess,
0: cool. I, I mean, it's great, but like, you know, because I, I was texting him and it, like he, on uh, like his Instagram, or whatever, and it was like that they dressed Billy Joel like for wardrobe and I was like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, like that's Jake so is, he's so and I say this in a loving way. He's so like calm and quiet about like the people that will come in and buy stuff from him, which is, uh, un- you know, very almost untraditional versus other people that will yeah. come in. Like, especially with like friends, you're like, oh, this guy just came in and got some stuff. And like Jake is just never really discusses that ever. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. And he's, you know, and I'm like, wait, like Billy Joel came in and you- you're you're doing his tour?
1: it's amazing i I, well it is funny i remember it is so funny when you see those moments too like particularly in new york and these cool shops where you're like whoa that dude shops here (laughs) that she shops here or whatever i remember one time being in like the double rl on uh the old double rl on um remember the one that was on bleaker that was oh the tiny one the tiny one yeah yeah yeah. and i remember it was like me and bruce springsteen and bruce springsteen just went like ham in double rl and it was like it was so, I was like, wow, man. And by like, by the way, he was buying the like, the and I, I think it's really cool. But like the costumey stuff that you're like, oh, wow. The tailored, <laughs> like going deep, going deep into the tailored side. Like that's like, rad, oh, the, the, man. The, the full Western, you know, the fu- Like stripe. I was like, dude, rock on <laughs> boss. That's cool. Uh, but by the way, it's so funny. Cause I was just in that, the, the new, um, at least I hadn't been there. The, the giant double RL that's on West Broadway. Yeah yeah and that's their flagship now yeah even if you wouldn't wear it man it looks so rad in the store you're like this stuff all looks really really cool and like a touch silly but like in the best possible way and i don't even that little
0: yeah there's no there's no company that can merchandise better than ralph lauren
1: ever i mean it's just incredible and it's so funny every time i'm in there i'm like i wonder how that stuff sells like if there's like particularly when you see the um the miniatures, like I was asking one of the one of the uh, people yeah. that work there about the miniatures, and I was like, Wow, these are so cool. And they and the the woman was like, uh, those sell out every time like there's a person that buys every single um miniature that you know the little jackets and the little yeah, boots. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. What that are like four hundred dollars still. Yeah. I'm always perplexed oh by the people that buy
0: vintage watches at WRL because the amount of margin yeah. that they tack on for everything. You're you're buying a vintage Submariner for twenty. It's always a Submariner too. Yeah,
1: yeah. of course. It's, it's there's like, always like a. It, it's always interesting too because in that case has the most random shit in it too. Yeah. Like it, it's like it's literally like you know like an old military style and then like a Submariner and then um, is there a, is there a word for what those tie pin like the what's Ebola? No, you know the. Tie the the clip that goes like Castleberry wears. Oh, a time. collar they, they pin. They like like a collar pin. Like yeah. there's a, there's like costume yeah, to the to collar the pins. they are like ties. Yeah, they're like out. really be- They're like really beautiful. But you're like, man, I don't know if what you. I would ever have the courage like I, i'd be like you gotta be confident to pull that thing off yeah that's
0: uh i feel like that's the thing it's like you see it in the streets in new york and you don't pay attention and any other place you go to you're like why the fuck is this guy dressed like <laughs> yeah
1: well it was, it was interesting though because i do think it's funny seeing how some of that stuff is coming back like i was looking at like brendan's j crew collection okay like this what's what are your thoughts really, i mean it it seems probably right i mean i looked at it and i was like this is really cool because it feels drake's or if you know like in a way that i like but i also um i hadn't been to j crew in so long that i feel like it definitely got my eyes on it Mm -hmm. um you know i thought it was
0: thought it was cool cool enough to buy or cool enough to way to go i'm i'm all i'm
1: gonna take the elevated route i haven't seen it in person okay but it looked i thought it by the way i thought it looked like pretty rad and what it should be does that make sense like i was like oh "Oh, yeah yeah, why isn't why isn't j crew just always because the last time when i was staying in chicago there was like a j crew sort of. In the in the bottom of the building, and I remember walking in, and there was all there, it was like a it was like really nice, but there was a lot of like um, third party stuff in there that I was like, dude, they carry like Alden now, like they carried like really nice. That was all early Todd
0: Snyder, and they kind of just never broke off those relationships because they became for many people for many vendors and like Aaron Levine's talked about this too on when he was doing stuff for Abercrombie when a company that big even with the amount of stores that they have like well when they want to do a collab it, in some cases it's like a it's a total game changer for the business that they collab
1: with now Alden has yeah. is, is been making shoes for oh eons. Alden they're my favorite they're my favorite that's all that's a- my favorite shoe. I've had the same pair of shoes for eight years. They're the best. Wait, wait what's your are, are the the loafers or like the chuckas? The or? the uh, the I got a, the uh what are they called? The cordovan, just the basic Pla- plain toe blucher, plain toe blucher. That's it. Okay, yeah, yeah. That that's
0: yeah. I mean, it's it's but like. All that stuff like Todd Snyder started super early on collaborating with all them, but the the line the orders that they did were so huge. Because I think at at, at the time when Todd's you know, and this is like some like men's weird nerdery, when Todd Snyder it. started the started doing the sort of like liquor store collab stuff with things, the biggest customer at that time for Alden was Leather Soul out of Hawaii, which
1: is still huge. I mean Dude, the, the leather soul that they the only one they had in LA was in Beverly Hills in like the weirdest location. Oh yeah. But they they had amazing amazing stuff in there
0: like it yeah. was truly truly cool i mean tom tom park i mean who's still he's running you know the weather soul and and uh i mean it's a. I mean he started it and out of what like honolulu i mean there's still probably one of the best like alden dealers and shoe dealers ever like people like them and then you have like stephen tafel at lafoe like people that have never really broken way, I, out i of bought that. a
1: pair of I bought a pair from Steven recently. That store is awesome. Yeah.
0: I mean, and what's crazy is like, you think of every other brand or store, like third-party reseller, that's been a, you know, they've always been like, we got to get into other verticals. We're going to get into others. You know, we need to have more SKUs in this. And like, Steven is like, I think what the craziest, you know, if that's a thing, that thing that he did is that he started basically doing, um, like it was like consignment and resale of, people's like vintage shoes or shoes that you wow. know, that they weren't wearing but like that's as far as he went he just stayed like shoes is his game that's it you know he worked at prada super early on was like the wow, number one sales prada associate like in history and uh, then just and,
1: started his own thing on that street huh
0: yeah i mean he's he's like old school they don't make him like that
1: anymore type of he's the nicest guy commerce, the, truly yeah. like just the yeah just the and it's funny too because i think like you know i was a big i still am like a big i was a big noah fan and I definitely have some like Palace stuff that I really like that I have held on to, which is kind of funny because you know you'd run out of dry cleaning on set, and I O would be like, "Are you wearing a Palace skateboard shirts from like (laughs) like 2015?" That's like, yeah. Um, But also, when you see like kind of the the this this like him moving into to J Crew, like I'm rooting for it, dude. I I I bet I'll go to that store and buy a ton of that shit. I'll be that's yeah. People have been
0: like all these. The amount of people I know who went and bought the giant fit chino, it's gonna be really interesting.
1: Are they like actually? I they look really cool in the picture. I would not I bet they would look maybe weird on there well it's funny because this and like Derek guy and a bunch of other people have talked about it
0: too all all the like big stuff like you look at like the people who embody that really early on um people like Fred Astaire where it's like yeah it was common to have very large pants but they never had a super large shirt so I mean every yeah. like all menswear is just geometry so it's like you yeah. do something like that cool then have a have a you know not a tighter fit but something that's not as large up on top or you yeah. do like a larger you know um that makes sense it, I-, I ordered a pair of the giant fit. They're awesome, but they also fit a lot. Like a tempo rubato did this officer Chino, the yes, Swedish yes, dudes. Yes. It's, it's similar to the officer Chino, which is basically just like large and straight. Ethan. So from like a Bricelands. little bit wider
1: than like the double RL sort of field
0: Chino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ethan from Brycelands, his, his Chino that he did, um, which is similar, like a similar officer Chino, uh, that like the, the original armory trouser, like the, 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 the The Chino that they did, that was a thing that Ethan had made super early on. And that is all, that's pretty similar to the giant fit. I think it's just like people are so used to, you know, this is no shots, but like some of the uh, previous J Crew guy was a guy who wore like tight, tight, tapered, and then they would roll it up, you know, to their, to their mid calf. Um, it, it, they were like pin tuck yeah. their pants. So it's like, yes, yeah. it's, it's definitely giant fit to the guy who was wearing pin tuck, you know, but it's four, probably, four
1: probably seven. on par with like the, not the field Chino at Double RL, but the other one. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's like the a larger one. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's interesting. Well, I can't wait to see it, man. I bet it's cool. Yeah. Why is cool stuff? I, the thing that we've been talking about is like, there's LA's kind of a bummer shopping for any of this <laughs> stuff. It's in it, which. <laughs> I feel LA like it's great is, for vintage and good. Really for like obviously bespoke. really, really really, really good for vintage. But um it was just funny. He said like when I was in New York and walking obviously there's all these great sort of smaller shops making great things. I was like, why isn't there like a Todd Snyder, for example, in LA? Like I feel like that would like clean up. I mean, you think, right? But it's I like guess. those the, like People dress so differently out here. Like, you cannot get Drakes out here, dude.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, and they, they looked at doing Brentwood Country Mart. I know that Michael was looking at that, you know, and then Sid moved into that spot instead. But even then, like, Sid does well because they really, one, they're in Brentwood and like the yeah, Brentwood. Those, they're guy, really nice
1: guys that work there, too. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a cool little spot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he does, he gets good people, but like, they would get, it's still the kind of like lightweight hopsack sport coat and a polo yeah. shirt with jeans and tennis shoes. I mean, that's like the LA. Yeah. Guy, or you yeah. have the heavier weather jacket. I mean, there's just not really much out there. It's not that there's no shopping in LA, but I think, like, for the stuff you're referring to, it's just, that's just to such find. a New York look. The biggest thing that's happening, and like people joke about this all the time. So it's like Noah, Ame, J. Crew, um, Drake's, all of them are converging on the same style. You're swinging up or you're swinging, you know, yeah. or you're swinging down yeah. into being a world of chore coats, tennis shoes, yeah. Oxford shirts. Oh, I'll,
1: but also, I mean, Drake's is. Drake's is getting pricey. Yeah. I mean, no, no, like, no, no, like, no, no. Like it's, it's interesting. Like, I was on the website the other day. I was like, man, are the, the chore cards 700 bucks now? Like that seems intense.
0: I know they blamed some of the Brexit stuff for it, but I think many people, oh, including myself, like even with my like homie discount that they yeah. loving and generously offered me at times, it's still on the higher end for me to afford. Oh, but, I mean,
1: by the way, dude, I it's, it's truly probably my favorite current like am I say favorite probably the stuff i wear the most and i and i love it but it's also yeah. like oh man i'll have to save up for that <laughs> that uh, yeah, this, this is yeah those, money. those yeah those <laughs> those dress shirts got a little more, i remember i remember they used to they used to be pretty constantly like 175 for a really you know yep. and then now that's not they're they're up there man what are they right now they're okay they're 175 pounds i think they're like so, two, i think they're 300 dollars now
0: yeah so what is
1: uh yeah i mean it's cheaper like the poplin one ones the are cheaper pound yeah of course like the pop ones are cheaper but obviously um yeah stuff's getting expensive man there's like a, Dude, there's it, a pair of like chinos on there that are really really expensive yeah and that's ah, that's the man
0: that's the hardest part with all this stuff but at least in your case oh my god yeah i'm looking at this right now 295 linen spread collar shirt yeah, oh, that's, not cheap. yeah. That's, that's not cheap yeah that's
1: that's, in my case, I don't uh, get tough. I I don't get hooked up, dude. It's so funny. The only like I think the because uh, someone was like, "Man, I bet you're getting like hooked up from the bear," and you're like, "Not really." I do I do think I do think Jeremy and I O in the cast that will definitely reap the benefits if they they walk into uh, any restaurant. That's a oh restaurant, yeah. Shit,
0: see in my mind the hookup is always closed. That's how I well it's, you know Jeremy. Never- Jeremy
1: sneaky dresses really well. Outside. like he he wears he wears some. He, like he definitely wears some cool
0: shit yeah i mean whoever dressed him or for all the press he's done on the show it's like pretty next good. level fits
1: yeah he's been yeah. looking good man he's also like I mean, he's court he's like a gorgeous human like he's like perfect he's perfect size for like anything dude like shirts yeah. fit him you're like damn damn you i know it's it's such a, such a show I, I know it's all
0: nuts <laughs> so what are the i mean obviously the show got renewed is that like the big focus now is is the next season i mean because i'm also imagine a lot of people like who has been the most surprising that's come out of the woodwork that's been like hey i love your show i love what you do uh,
1: you know man the thing that's the thing that's like the 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 coolest honestly is like the dms just from like cooks who are like mm. this this really specific thing or you know like like for example a friend a friend of a friend in uh in chicago who works at, at a restaurant i love there was like dude the knife on the floor was like I can't tell you how gnarly oh, gnarly that the was Japanese, and, night. Yeah, and how much that connected or even like, you know, even people that have lost their family member. Like there's, there's just been really supportive, nice messages like that, that sort of meant the world. Cause again, like you just have no idea, dude, you have no idea who's going to watch the show. Like we also live in a sort of an age when, uh, uh, nobody, you have no idea how the show does. Like you, you hear about it, which is cool. So you sort of assume that oh, people are yeah. watching it, but you don't have. And, and again you we're, don't have like
0: a sound scan like, yeah in and like industry yeah.
1: yeah no dude totally i mean like you know on after we did eighth grade like we had a really great like you know an a24 obviously is the, one of the best places to work period but like you have truly i love those guys but i think you have they give you such an you you know in film where it played where it didn't mm. who was watching it and i think tv i know john langraf's been talking about this a lot it's just less transparent and i think because people are Working out, streaming, and how people are consuming things. We assume it did well because we got a season two, and we're grateful, and that's probably all we need to know. But sometimes you just have no idea. So to answer your question very clearly, like it's been cool. Just that, like, thankfully cooks think we got it semi, you know, because it's like I can't tell you how many people before were like, "Don't make a restaurant show, dude. You're gonna get torched." (laughs) Well, did did you watch Kitchen Confidential? The the you know what's funny? I I just for the first time watched it because it's really hard to find. It's it's wackier than like it's <laughs> no no like it's it's the tone is wild. It's very strange. Yeah, no, it I was found, not I, what I yeah. it was not at all what I was like, expect. Like it's like there was like there's like dream There's very strange like like love triangles and it. it was very bizarre. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I think and and I have no knowledge of of the actual production yeah. or writing of it, but it was like it was like someone came in for rewrites and was like, hey, we let's let's put a story in here for this and this, and it's like yeah. that was never in the book. The book was
1: no chaos and pain well also yeah and also like from jump you're like that's such a hard book to put on a um like network television i mean that seems insane too like that it was on like fox i think right
0: yeah yeah i mean like early bradley cooper you yeah know, it's I mean, all just...
1: but i i just watched it for the first time and i was like man this is wacky
0: yeah it, it's uh it's it's yeah wacky is a that's wacky a was the old
1: oh, i was like this is just weird
0: <laughs> so are you are you working on the next season now or yeah, what I does think, that look like?
1: Yeah. We st- I mean, we had a pretty good idea of what we wanted to do on season two. And so we're, we're going to start like a writer's room, uh, in proper. There's this, I think there's this one thing I'm going to try and go do real quick in between is like a pallet cleanser. That should be fun. Um, but yeah, we're really, we're really excited, man. It's really cool. It's also surreal again, just to never, you know, you never know that you'd be able to get a second at bat. So it's, it's really special and i think the cast is excited and we got a great writer's room and you know knock on wood i I think it's gonna be a lot of fun
0: yeah and i think especially as you know with what happens with your career next i mean i'm sure you're getting a lot of stuff from your agent of like hey they want you they want to talk to you about this or this i mean it's all well deserved (laughs)
1: no no i mean it you know it's i'd rather talk about drakes and sid mashburn and palace (laughs) and you know why uh uh, why Barney's at Saks is a very strange... Hey, wait, is it Barney's at Neiman's or Barney's at Saks? Barney's at Saks, yeah. Very strange. Because, you know, in... in, in...
0: Well, because Barney's is a brand, but it, Barney's is a department store that people love so much it became a brand. Yeah. And then they... the Obviously, the store itself died. But the brand itself is still means a lot, you know. Tom Kaladarian is still a G and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. I mean,
1: it's just so interesting because in in uh, Beverly Hills, the old Barney building just like sits there. And it's just like a it's just like a constant reminder of like a weird like that whole street just feels a little like dated and strange now. Obviously, that I mean, well that that's the
0: biggest problem with like clothes and heritage is because the people like first off, what do you do when like you are making clothes that are designed to not have people always buy them. A hundred percent. You know, and so it's like, you're always in this kind of tug of war of like consumerism and buy less, but yeah. buy better. Yeah.
1: I thought about that the other day, man. I was in, last time I was in New York, I went and I, um, I treated myself to a the Tom Brown dress shirt, which I love. I love them so much. Okay. They fit perfectly. The, the Oxford or did you get like, <laughs> the uh, Ox, no, the, just the basic blitz yeah. there. I love Tom Brown so much, man. But you walk in that store and you're like, this shit is, and it, I, I say that I love it so, so much, but there's stuff in there that you're like, man, that is a costume. So early Tom Brown, and I've told
0: this story before, like he, he only wanted 100 Hudson to be white shirts, black shoes, gray, two shades of gray, but yeah. like pr- primar- primarily gray. Yeah, And he was just like, this is how it needs to be there. Like, they basically went through three CEOs and different iterations of employees that were at Tom like Brody who's been who's like probably one of his longest employees who's still there as an old friend they were doing different versions of Tom Brown stuff because like Elton John came in there with his husband and was like uh I want like plaid Tom Brown shirts I, I want this cut I want all these things but I, I I don't want a white Oxford and so they were going you know wow. Gambert across the across the river was making all of the Tom Brown stuff So they were like covertly making other forms of Tom Brown without Tom's knowledge. When Tom would come into the store, they would be hiding that stuff. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, it's totally true. And it was like always super weird, but like the, the, it spoke to the fact that like the consumer loved the brand, but the, the artist at the time was unaware of like how people wanted to engage with his brand.
1: Wow, I think like, that's, that's a very
0: common characteristic amongst all clothes and designers. And it's not that like Tom Brown is like bad or anything. I think he's a genius. I think he's, you have to be a strong visionary to, to make great creative work. Yeah. But I think you also have to be aware of what people want and the compromise you might have to make with your art to make a living off of it. Yeah. Cause I think that was the tough part with him is like, obviously the, the, you know, There was a lot of debt that was happening. The suits were too expensive. Rocco was making it that all the stuff that they wanted, but like people wanted color. People wanted loud stuff. And, you know, and then obviously they eventually did sweats. And when they were bought by, I think, Crown, which was the Japanese company, that was like the number one thing is like, we're going casual. We're making sweats. We're doing all this. Everyone in Korea loved it. Everyone in Japan loved it. But like for him, like the essence of Tom Brown is either circus stuff. That's like, wouldn't it be cool. The world's a stage. Two, it's a white Oxford. It's a great yeah. suit. The end. Yeah, but, it's but even like,
1: that suit you can't. The the I I I, I told Chris Black, dude. I want to. I'm I want to get one soon. I'm gonna get a. I wanted. I want. I've wanted oh, one He'll, of he'll inter- get you hooked up. No, no. But yeah. I've like wanted it in Tom Brown suit my entire life. But the thing that's so funny is like obviously you can't like wear it every day. It's a little like structured. I feel like to wear every day. Whereas like you know like the the Muser one or like a Drake's one, you can really like beat up, and it looks better. Sort of the the more uh, uh, I guess fitted to you it is well and it's yeah and that's the thing is like they do a you know i'm
0: air quoting bespoke but it's not bespoke with the way that like say like jake would yeah and also like jake stuff i feel like is much more timeless yeah um because you know he'll make it any way you want no but tom tom's
1: definitely feels like of a period for sure yeah
0: but i mean but it's still if you wear it enough it's got like this classic look to it and i think obviously like you got like the hair the frame the glasses all that other stuff that would like Fit and embody that because it's, it's, I mean, I was when, when, like, this is like 2008, I was going nuts buying nothing but like Tom Brown. I was like making it look good.
1: I know because I know some people get real conscious with the short sleeves and the short pants, and it's not, it's not for everybody. That's for sure. It's, it's just
0: that like most of my wardrobe, I like the ability to kind of like walk in different worlds simultaneously. Yeah. And it's, I, I want to say this in a good way. Like, I think like when you wear Tom Brown, Tom Brown looks best the more Tom Brown you have, and I. Like, that's for the totally, suiting. That's totally true. It's hard so to like you, mix you, and
1: match. Yes, of course. Yeah.
0: So like, I'm I'm sure you could do a Drake shirt with a Tom Brown. Thing. I don't know. It's, it's I don't like know, that, man. You you, like,
1: get, you need that perfect collar. You need that like Tom Brown collar and the skinny tie. Yeah, it's like and the, the starch sort of. What is it like a three inch in cuff whatever. or something? Like you know, it's big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's
0: all oversized, exaggerated, but um, very, very nipped waist on those shirts. Oh man. Um,
1: We'll do a feature. You and yeah. I'll just go get like dialed at to Tom Brown and we'll sell it. We'll make oh, somebody dude. pay. Yeah, for you let me know. Yeah. I'll I'm happy to yeah, whatever Rolodex
0: possible to get to get <laughs> you laced out with that. It's the shoes though, the original ones were the
1: trickers. They're, I love them. So I, the one with the crepe sole I love.
0: Yeah, so so then they moved to Sanders, which was great because they were able to one, actually like make more money off of the shoes because they were fifteen hundred dollar shoes, um, made by trickers, paying landed at like $600, 700 So there wasn't even enough when they were wholesaling it. Wow. But they had the metal taps on the toe and the heel. So yes. everywhere you walked, and I slipped down like a flight of stairs trying to get on the subway with the stupid fucking
1: heel taps. Or you sound like Lee Marvin and Point Blake. Like they can hear you coming yeah. like, like, you know, miles away.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, because our office was on Hudson Street at Beggars. And so I was like oh, strolling cool. in with the stupid Samsonite briefcase, you know, like... I,
1: they're like this guy's it's confident so- confidence man jeremy's gonna they were always gonna, like so jeremy
0: funny. what yeah like N- Nabil would be like uh okay all right is that what you're doing Let's today go, all dude. right kirkland i'm in <laughs> killer that's so fun <laughs> well anyway i've taken a ton of your time no um, dude the, believe me this was like the, the highlight of my week though I'm, I'm dying to do this but thank you i mean it was, it was huge huge pleasure congrats again on on all your oh, success dude. And-
1: dude so great to meet you man Here's all right
0: thing. it was good good chat and see you man bye buddy Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to Blammo. We're edited by Amar Lull, our music by Breakmaster Cylinder, and we're produced by Blammo Media. If you like the show, tell a friend. Give us some good vibes. You can follow us on social media at Blammo Podcast or send us an email at info at If you want to hang out with us and join the Blam fam, please do. We're over at patreon.com forward slash Blammo. And that is our members only group where we have tons of exclusive episodes, new series, our Slack group where we're talking about clothes and watches and all sorts of fun stuff all day. There's travel guides in there now. I mean, it's it's great. So check it out. And thanks for listening. We'll
1: see you next week.